Perhaps you don't remember signing up for it, and that's the point. The majority of us, sane, independent, confident women like you and me, don't want to be a part of it. We're well aware of the paradox of being caught up in the collective female pursuit of thin, while seeing it for what it is. And we are independent in so many ways. Fearless, feminist, sometimes fierce in standing up for ourselves and others. We're in charge of our careers, our fertility, our money. We own property, we use our voting rights, we bring up our families with or without men. Of course, there remain serious gender inequalities. The earnings gap between men and women is still around 13% in the public sector and around 20% in the private sector. Women in high-flying jobs earn almost half a million pounds less over the course of their working lives than men with identical careers, according to the Chartered Management Institute. Women are less likely to receive a bonus and more likely to be made redundant. Although the number of senior women in FTSE 100 companies is rising, they still make up barely 17% and there are currently only three female FTSE 100 chief executives. Ambitious men are considered successful. Ambitious women are considered a bit, well, pushy. When is the last time you heard a man called bossy? Industry studies show that UK companies are spectacularly unsuccessful at promoting women and that women are routinely penalised for requesting maternity leave or for taking career breaks to bring up children. For all the promise of flexible working, the so-called motherhood penalty is alive and well in UK workplaces. More than 40 years after the Equal Pay Act was passed, pay between men and women is still not equal. Depressingly, the only professions in which women can realistically expect to earn more than men are prostitution, modelling and pornography. Female entrepreneurs also do well when pay is determined on actual business performance and growth, rather than decided by male bosses. A global study has shown that self-made women earn, on average, 17% more than men. The organisation Women in Journalism recently reported that 83% of contributors and presenters on Radio 4's Today programme are, guess what, male. 78% of front-page bylines in national newspapers are male, and the majority of experts quoted are male. Women most often appear in newsprint as victims, sex symbols, or married to famous men. To illustrate this point, the three most photographed females of recent years are the Duchess of Cambridge, her sister Pippa Middleton, and Madeleine McCann, the little girl who disappeared in Portugal in 2007. When the girlfriend of Paralympic athlete Oscar Pistorius was shot dead on Valentine's Day in 2013, she fulfilled all these criteria. Reva Steenkamp was not only a glamour model, she was also the girlfriend of a famous man and a victim. Photographs of the dead woman in a bikini appeared on the front page of many tabloid newspapers while she was still in the mortuary. The Church of England's General Synod voted in late 2012 against the ordination of women bishops. Interestingly, it was the laity, not the clergy, who narrowly tipped the balance in this vote, but the end result is the same. As many commentators pointed out, women do the majority of work and ministry within the church, but they are still unable to take up their rightful places. It may be the 21st century, but the failed attempt to shatter this stained-glass ceiling is a reminder of the old-fashioned sexism which remains entrenched in many of our national institutions. Despite all this, women are not weak or powerless. We run successful businesses and govern countries. We write books and direct films. We win Olympic medals and Nobel Prizes.
Just the other day, my boyfriend said, basically, women are better than men at everything. He sounded surprised, as if this had only just occurred to him. It's not a level playing field for us, there are many glaring inequalities, but we achieve all that men achieve and more. And yet, there is still a consensus on what women should look like, a near universal acknowledgement that a thinner body is a superior body. How can we be so strong and yet so idiotic? What is the desire to lose weight really about? Why do we allow the thin rules to brainwash us? Maybe we were recruited into the Ministry of Thin the day we were born female, or the day we were first dressed in pink, or realised that we shouldn't play in the mud with our brothers because pretty girls stay clean. Maybe it was when we first glanced in the mirror and felt rounded, or tubby, or wrong. More than half of three to six-year-old girls say they feel fat. Or maybe it was the day we first...